Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the best connections to get it done. Here's your host, Dick Crawford. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Eyes West. This is Dick Crawford, and today's introduction was from today's guest, Patrick Clark, serving Flagstaff, Arizona. Patrick and I are in the same company, Berkshire Hathaway, and we have an awesome environment and awesome company of agents who support each other from Arizona and Nevada and California. And so that's why I trust Patrick implicitly. He's part of the family. Today's episode is a wonderful opportunity to get to know him and the area that he serves up there in Flagstaff. So Patrick, thank you for being on the program today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dick. Well, it's good to have you with us. Let's, uh, let's just jump right in. Take a quick minute here. Where are you in your real estate career today? Oh, that's a great question. So I've been in a little over three years, and I've practiced real estate in a couple different markets, and I'm blessed to have done a lot of transactions and be mostly working by referral, which is wonderful. And I have started a team. I love doing that, too. I love growing people. I come from a teaching background, and so I get to do a lot of things that help people, and uh, that's a great thing. That is a great thing, and being a teacher is an awesome thing regardless of the, uh, the industry that we're in. Always need good teachers. Let's get a, a brief profile on how you work. You mentioned you work by referral. Um, what's your approach to the business? So it's service first. Um, my mantra is educate, guide, and protect. Um, we really want people to understand what they do what they're signing, what they're doing, and making wise decisions. Um, so it's, it's really important to me that people have time to think. My, my approach is, hey, let's uh, read the contract, understand it, call me if you have questions, and then if you're ready, send the contract then. It's a lot different approach than the pushy salesperson. And then we just like to take a lot of time to answer questions. So um, a lot of people say, hey, this is a stupid question. It's like, no, it's not a stupid question. We just want to help you understand. So let her rip, you know. So that's, that's kind of how we approach it. And if, if people aren't ready to, to make a move, um, we want to help them make that decision too. Um, we want to be consultants and we want to be there for them to give them good information so that they're better prepared for whatever decision they do need to make. Yes, absolutely. There's no sense in going down the wrong path. Eventually it uh, ends up being a dead end and that's no good for anybody. Correct. So a, ser yeah. a servant's heart, educate, guide, and protect. Now, as, as realtors, we, re we wear a lot of different hats. Mm -hmm. Do you have one hat that jumps out that is a hat that you enjoy wearing? Just one now. It's a tough question. Man, that's a great question. I think my favorite hat in life is being a father and a husband. Um, but as a realtor, I think my... My favorite hat is being the consultant, just being the guy that answers questions. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter sales or seller purchase. I think I just like helping people. Now, if I'm looking at the map, what's your geographic service area? We say Flagstaff. So for those familiar with Flagstaff or who want to be familiar with Flagstaff, what is your um, geographic service area, your boundaries up there? 
I go out to uh, William, uh, Williams if I if I have to. Um, it's not an area that I serve a lot, but I know it decently well. That's about 30 miles west of Flagstaff. But as far as Flagstaff is concerned, I stay in in inside that 30 miles. You know, Williams and and towards Flagstaff, east of Williams into Flagstaff. Um, go down to an area called called Munns Park. I'll go down that far. And then that's kind of the boundary for the Northland. And, and Flystep is a mountain town, 7,000 um, feet above sea level. I cover Phoenix as well. I've been I've done three years of real estate down there as well. And that's we're all over all over Phoenix. But as far as Flystep goes, um, it's really Flystep proper and Williams and down to Munns Park on the south end. That's a big area. And Munns Park is, it is. 30, 35 miles south, it looks like, on the map. Is that about right? Yeah, maybe 20, 25, somewhere in there. All right, very good. Give me three bullet points, real quick, just bullet points that you want our, our listeners to uh, learn today. What are we going to be talking about for you? We, we just want to educate you guys on um, what it means to live in Flagstaff, what the market's like here, my favorite things about living here, and ho- hopefully you'll be able to understand you know, the cost of living up here. And if all four of those things kind of come together, then, hey, winner, winner, chicken dinner, sounds like Flagstaff's a good place for you. At 7,000 feet. I didn't realize it was that high. I thought it was more like 5,000 or so. So that's, it, that's pretty high. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Prescott is about 5,000 feet. Um, and that's another great area. It, it's kind of a nice little hybrid between Phoenix and Flagstaff. Um, but I woke up this morning, and I have a just a fantastic view out my office window. I have a separate office building on my property. I live on an acre of land. And the San Francisco Peaks had just a fleeting moment of snow that stuck overnight from the storm. It's now since melted. Um, the sunshine hit it, and boom, it was gone. But we did have snow for the first time on the peaks this season. So, Okay, just a dusting to let you know it's fall. <laughs> That's exactly right. The mountain's gorgeous too right now. It's got beautiful yellows and reds and greens, and it's gorgeous. Beautiful time of year. Well, take uh, take two minutes and tell us about that. What can one person expect to to find up there? You know, the mountains uh, and such, and what's the vibe of Flagstaff? Uh, that's a great question. So Flagstaff is a four seasons market. It's a small town. The winters, excuse me, the winters can dip occasionally into the single digits, but the coldest winter on record I think we had was negative 30, and that was in 2011. But that was like it's totally unusual to see that. Most of our winters are pretty mild, especially if you compare them to like a Midwest winter. So you'll get down in the negative negative digits early mornings temporarily, but um, usually it stays a little warmer than that. The summer temperatures are normally, you know, somewhere under 90 degrees, typically at their hottest, uh, but usually they float in the low 80s. And when the monsoons come through, you know, July and August, um, it cools everything right down to just be a, a beautiful 70, 75 degrees. My favorite part about living here is the fact that we're anywhere you are, you're 15 minutes from being, quote, unquote, out of town. And then if you go another 15 minutes, you're lost in the woods. You know, and, and I grew up you know, four-wheeling out here. In fact, my first date with my wife, you know, I was so nervous I couldn't eat. And so I said, well, you want to go out four-wheeling? You go out, my favorite thing to do is go out in the woods and just 
take my truck out and go exploring. So we did, and the rest is history. Four kids and a bun in the oven later, it all started right here in Flagstaff, four-wheeling, 30 minutes outside of Flagstaff. And then really, it, the people are special. They're friendly. It's not a rat race. It's a slower pace. It, it's just a great place to live and a great place to raise a family, and that's why we've come home. Oh, sounds so good. Tell us a little bit more about uh, uh, maybe a couple of popular activities during the year so we can get a little idea of uh, the vibe in town. Uh, downtown Flagstaff has really seen um, a cool, positive change, especially – and uh, we're a university town as well. A lot of people um, don't know that, but Northern Arizona University is right here on, uh, in Flagstaff. The downtown area is right next to the university. Um, there's been a lot of neat new shops. There's a really cool Airbnb where the Airbnb is on top, coffee shop and barber shop together on the bottom. Just a lot of cool inventive businesses, wonderful local eats that just the, the eclectic flavors, a lot of different tastes to pull from. It's not just a steakhouse or a steakhouse or a steakhouse like you see in a lot of small towns. Um, it's, it's a lot of different things. You know, that's, that's a neat part about being downtown. We also, because we have the San Francisco Peaks, we have Snowball Ski Resort. So during the summers, you can come hike, you can come explore the woods, and then during the winters, um, you can go sledding, you can go skiing, you can have a snowball fight, make a snowman. If you just get too cold, you're two hours from Phoenix, and you're down there dinking around having a good time warming up again. Okay, tough question. You mentioned uh, being 15 minutes, 30 minutes out of town, and that's one fantastic thing about the area that, that you love. Tell me one more thing that you love about your city and why. Honestly, I think it's, I think it's the people. So one of, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, even after having been out of town, because I've just recently moved back to Flagstaff, although I've been selling here for quite a while, you know, 15 years ago, I left and chased my music dream and played for Darius Rucker and did all that stuff and you know toured out of, out of Nashville. And then as we have come back, I still, I still haven't grown up here. I still can't go anywhere in town without running into somebody I know. And there's just a hey, how you doing? That small town warmth, man. There's just nothing like it. Um, you do, you don't get that in the valley. And here in Flagstaff. It's an everyday occurrence. Oh, that sounds like the Midwest at 7,000 feet. <laughs> it totally is. It really is. If you, if you are from the Midwest, you've spent some time there, it, it's very much like that. So what are the primary reasons people are moving to the area? Is it, is it retirement, cost of living? Is it... um, the top three reasons why people are moving here is it's a slower-paced lifestyle, I would say, is the, is the big one. Most people that come here want to get out of the, whatever rat race they've been in. I say that because that's just the, the common thing that comes up. It's just, wow, it's just it's a little slower-paced. You know, things get busy. Business gets busy. You know, you, oh, life gets busy. You know, I've got four kids, and life's busy all the time, but it's a different type of busy. And then it's a mountain town. You know, you've got the San Francisco Peaks. You've got Mount Eldon. You've got hiking galore. Um, so if you're an outdoorsy person, this is heaven on earth up here. Um, it's just, there's so many different things you can do. If you like to hunt, even if you like to fish, the fishing's not quite as good, but you're just a couple hours from Lake Powell. And, and I, I'd say the third reason really is to raise a family. When I 
let everybody know that, hey, we're moving home. Um, a lot of the people that in Phoenix who knew me from real estate really only, they said, hey, that's a great mm. place to raise a family. And I would say that that's probably the primary reason why people come here. When they get there, what's the employment outlook? Who are the, who are the big players, the big <clears throat> employers? Tourism drives this town really in, in a big way. You know, like I said, we have the, the, the winter season for the skiing, and then we have the summer season, better weather, uh, hiking, you know, all those outdoors activities. But we collide with I-40 and I-17 as a hub. So it's a natural stopping point for people in road trips. And so people generally plan to spend some extra time here um, on a trip, say, you know, across the country, whether they're going, you know, west or east, it doesn't really matter. Fight stuff's a natural stopping point. So tourism's a big one. We also have Gore. They're a manufacturer of of mostly medical products, but they do a lot of different things. uh, things. They make guitar strings. They, you know, make clothing, those kinds of things. But they're really kind of a, a, a driver in invention and manufacturing. Um, you also have the NAU, which is obviously a big employer, and then Purina. Uh, we have a huge Purina building, and giving, given the time of day and where you're located, usually if you're hanging out by the mall, you can smell them cooking that dog food. Um, sometimes it's a good thing, and sometimes it's not. <laughs> um, and then the hospital. Um, the hospital is actually making some big changes, and, and um, they're actually moving their campus. There are parts of the hospital right now that are 50 years old or older, and the facility is just aging out. So they are in a huge process of moving that hospital and, and substantially expanding the campus, and that will be over by the airport. So you've got a pretty good array of, of employers. You might not have an enormous amount of employers um, because it's not a huge area, but you've got a good array of different types of businesses. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. The wages for you know, the service industry you know, are the same here as they are you know, down in Phoenix, but the cost of living is, is so much higher. So that's why these, these big employers like this have really become kind of a mainstay, basically the main providers of employment. They pay well, they support their employees, and they provide a a really nice way of life. Again, the array, the service industry, the manufacturing, the tourism, which is a little bit more service, education, the higher education types of jobs, you really have a good smattering of uh, different types of employment, and that makes for a healthy, uh, healthy community. Agreed. Describe a couple of ways that a new resident can get into the community, what, what, you know, get involved in the community. What types of things can they do to, to contribute? Oh, so there's, I mean, there's a lot of different small volunteer organizations. Uh, you can you, uh, volunteer at the hospital. Um, a lot of people do that. They'll volunteer for different things. Now, with COVID, that has definitely shifted. But there's a lot of fundraising for different things. Um, you know, there's the animals up here. There's a, a big animal community, especially the dogs. You know, people are out walking their dogs. They take their dogs into Home Depot. I have never seen so many so many animals in Home Depot <laughs> as I have in Flagman. It's just like, wait, is this PetSmart or is it Home Depot? Which one is it? Um, so they take their dogs everywhere. So there's a lot of um, volunteering for the Humane Society up here. Um, the women's shelter uh, sees a lot of volunteers. Um, we do have some transient folks coming ar- around just because the weather's nice. They, they tend to kind of float around up here. And so 
there's, there's some opportunities there for folks to kind of help out with that. And then the one I think that's biggest and closest to my heart, and it's because, um, well, here I am getting emotional, um, because it changed my life, is Big Brothers Big Sisters. It's a big organization. Kay McKay, um, who has since passed, was a big part of the community and really put her feelers out and put a good, what's the word? I mean, she really just kind of immersed herself in the community. And because of that, she, she generated a lot of volunteers. Jeff Hall, who is the executive director of Lowell Observatory, was my big brother because um, my dad wasn't around when I was a kid. Um, so Jeff kind of replaced that. At about 10 years old, he came into my life. And um, he became my godfather. Um, mm. And I became the uh, godfather of one of his boys, his youngest boys. And I have also done real estate deals for him and his family. So that organization is also, uh, obviously, it's one very special to me. That's very good. It's very good. Everybody needs an organization that really tugs at their heart. You can put in the hours in volunteering, but when it's something that means a whole lot to you, those, those hours mean a whole lot more. And I think, I think our intent shines through that way. You know? We're not punching the clock. You know? exactly. it, the, the time that we spend, it, it, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it, it's just we'll give more, give more, give more just because we believe in it so much. And it's, it ends up being quality time for everybody, for the, for the giver and the receiver. So of course, yep. Uh, oh, you know, another one that we have yes. also is Pickin' in the Pines. That's a big music festival. There's some volunteer opportunities. Basically, you know, if you volunteer to help out, they'll, they'll help with passes. Um, but that's a big one, obviously, the musician and me. Um, it's a big bluegrass festival they have, and the, it's a who's who of current bluegrass musicians that come and perform and then jam in the evenings, and it's a, that's a neat thing, too. So sorry to interrupt there. No, Pickin' in the Pines, is that what you called it? Yeah, it's called Picking in the Pines. They have it at the big amphitheater out by, uh, by the airport. Is that a um, summer event? It is, that, of course. Yeah, sorry. It's a summer event. It, it actually just happened last weekend. Um, oh, and I wasn't able to go. I was in Phoenix. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's a heck of a family event. And, um, man, there's some great music. Oh, that sounds very good. Sounds like a party. It is. Let's uh, let's talk about growth for a minute. You you alluded to the um, to the hospital growing quite a bit. What about other growth, mm -hmm. um, infrastructure and such, regional airport maybe things like that? Yeah. So um, a handful of years ago, this might have even been fifteen or more years ago, the airport expanded their runway. They extended it. Um, so we are able to land bigger planes. Now, I don't know what the biggest plane they can land, but they, can, they land commercial airlines in here all the time. So um, if you want to fly to Phoenix and then catch a big one out, you can. Jeff does that all the time. There's, there's also you know, smaller planes. You can run your Cessna. Um, I grew up with a, a guy that my mom dated for a long time. His name was Pat Mel. Um, he was a big engineer and estimator here in town. And uh, he had a plane. And sometimes we would go fly the plane, you know, just go to and around. You know, we'd go down the globe or whatever. So you can fly, you know, recreationally from that airport. Um, but as far as infrastructure goes, we have the big hospital. They've got a 190-acre plot of land. Um, and they're going to be focusing on wellness care. They want, they want you to take care of yourself before you need the hospital. 
Um, they're going to add a big ambulatory uh, facility so they can do more outpatient services, uh, surgeries and those kinds of things and reduce the cost for the consumer and not use the hospital for that. The biggest one probably that most people are going to want to know about is um, a builder called Capstone. They are, they're not the only game in town, but they are certainly the biggest. They have three more sections of a, of a community called Timber Sky that will be available uh, in 2022, and then they have a 325-acre parcel called Jun uh, Juniper Point, and that opens spring of 22. That's a 10-year project. Um, and then uh, Canyon Del Rio is another project they're involved in. Um, that is also another 10-year project, and that's going to have some, some retail um, some light commercial, uh, some high density, and then it is also going to have single family residence and townhomes. And then they also have an, a development they just started earlier this year off of Woody Mountain Road, and that's all custom stuff. That actually abuts up to Flag Ranch, which is a, it's a private gated golf community. So Capstone is really kind of the biggest game in town, and really they're going to be the big provider of inventory as we go forward. People move and you know, buy and sell resale all the time. But for population growth, obviously somebody's got to take care of that, and Capstone's right on the front end of it. Excellent. That's one of the big variables that everybody is talking about is where's the new housing going to come from? So it sounds like there's some good activity in your area to provide some new housing. They, there is, and, and I have to tell you that Capstone builds a great home. You know, we all know of the builders that, you know, us realtors, we go in and we're like, ooh, wow, that was that. Well, they cut that corner and they cut that corner. Wow, look at all the corners they cut. They're also a broker, right? So per the Code of Ethics, we have to be careful of, you know, voicing our opinions too much because we can't negatively talk about another brokerage. But we can certainly brag on the good ones. And I would say that Capstone's one worth bragging about. Southern California cities have average home prices that range all over the map, but uh, we go mm -hmm. maybe from 500000 to a million and a half, you know, average prices, median prices. Give me an idea of the median price up there and what that home looks like. Um, just to give you an idea of the growth real quick, the median price of August of last year was 541772 so call it $542,000 for the average sales price of a home in Flagstaff. This year, it was 628448 so call it 629 So it was a big jump there, right? Um, yeah. So what do we get for, for like $600-ish thousand dollars? Well, that depends on where you live in town. So um, if you look at the newer development that, that's here uh, called Presidio in the Pines, 600 will get you about an 1,800-square-foot house, very well updated, you know, um, maybe five years old um, in Presidio, um, you know, three-bedroom, two-bath. Um, but if you go out to, say, um, Doney Park, which is two-and-a-half, you know, acre to two-and-a-half-acre parcels, you might get a 1,500-square-foot house on an acre or acre-and-a-half of land, maybe two. And then Timberline, where I live, I have a 2,100-square-foot house with a 750-square-foot uh, outbuilding, which was a shop that we've converted into an office and music studio because I can't go anywhere without a music studio. And we have a fully fenced acre on septic. You know, so, so Presidio, which is on the opposite side of town, that's going to be more of your city water, um, more of a city living style, but you still have all your pine trees. 
and then you know you'll go out here to where I live in Timberline, which is kind of on the north edge of town, and you get a little bit more land for that money. And it's just location, location, location. It's 30 minutes for me to drive from my house to the other side of town. Very nice. Are there any any gated communities involved, or is that really not a a, a big product or a necessary product? Oh, certainly, certainly so. Yeah, the gated communities that we have up here, the, the, the big ones are Flag Ranch, Forest Highlands, and Pine Canyon. Each one of those are private golf communities. So we have three private golf communities up here, and it's those three, Flagstaff Ranch, uh, Forest Highlands, and Pine Canyon. Pine Canyon is the newest community um, that we have. They're building some new, nice new townhomes in there right now, actually. And then Flag Ranch went through a bankruptcy and has since recovered very, very well. I actually just sold some, some clients a house in there a couple months ago. We went and had lunch yesterday. It was a wonderful thing. Neat community, beautiful golf course. And then you also, for golf courses, you have uh, just kind of a segue, you also have the public course um, at Continental Country Club. Boy, that's a great array. It is, yeah. It's a nice way to play. Um, obviously, Continental, the houses surrounding Continental – aren't quite as updated. There's kind of a mishmash in there because the, the, the HOA is not as stringent and it's just an older community. But then if you're looking for that golf community, gated community lifestyle, we definitely have that up here. The dues to get into Flag Ranch are uh, 60 for the golf and 30,000 and 30,000 for the social membership. And you can okay. be a non-resident member. There you go. And that compares favorably to a lot of the places down in Scottsdale, for sure. Yeah, I mean, depending on where you're in, in Scottsdale, you could be much higher than that. We touched on new construction and what, uh, what opportunities there are there. How can you help an out-of-town buyer with new construction? Somebody comes into town and loves it or has been there many times and have decided that this is where I want to be and I want new construction, but I've got to go home now and work for a couple of months to be able to make that transition. So I can't be here. Patrick, can you help me with this new, new construction? And what do you say? What do you do? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can help them for sure. So first thing we're going to do is we're going to register you with the builder because a lot of people think, well, you know, I don't want to, I'm just kind of kicking the can here. I'm just really trying to, you know, understand. So they'll go into the builder and then once they do that, the builder may not allow representation. So the first thing that I would do is say, hey, let me register you as my client. And I'm going to call David over at Capstone and say, hey, look, David, I've got these clients and they are really looking at buying one of these houses over here um, off of Woody Mountain, but we need to register them with you guys so that uh, we can kind of get that ball rolling. So then David says, great, I'm not going to solicit them. I'll make sure that they get you know everything run through you. So now when um, – well, here's the thing with Capstone. Let's, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. So if we're looking at Timber Sky, getting off the Woody Mountain, looking at Timber Sky, the way they're doing this right now – is they're doing lot releases. We will tour for you the models that they have or any active listings that they have, but they're selling the models as well. So I'm going to be out there, and we're going to show you what that particular lot looks like because they're going to pour the foundation for four lots, and then they're going to release those for bids. And they have anywhere from four to eight bids on each lot. And so we're going to take you over there, and we're going to show you what that lot looks like. And if, that's the, if you're ready to go, 
then we say, okay, we're going to put your name in the hat for that one. And I just stay in constant communication with the builder about that every week. David and I will be talking every week. I have multiple clients already kind of working through this process with them. And so um, that's how we would work it for the new builds. Okay, kind of an opposite scenario. They're, they're in town and they've already sold their house in Los Angeles and they're not going anywhere. They're, they're here. They're, you know, they're in Flagstaff, and this is home now, and we got this new place we're going to buy and have, wait for it to be constructed. We've got to rent a place for a few months or a year. What's the rental market like, and how's that work? Give me, give me a quick minute. Uh, it's very stiff, um, <clears throat> just like everywhere right now, really, but um, Flagstaff's particularly difficult. If you're going to make that decision, I would highly suggest maybe finding the rental first and, and then getting the house sold if you can. That's almost a buy first mentality, but I mean, it's that competitive right now. Um, getting short-term rentals, you can do Airbnbs. They're available all the time, but I mean, you could be paying anywhere from five to $8,000 a month in rent for say a 12 to 1500 square foot home. That, that might go up to, if you're doing 8,000, you might be getting a 2,000 square foot home furnished. So you're going to have to have, have a place to store your uh, uh, belongings, right, because most of those are furnished. Um, if you're going to go down the Airbnb route, it's a very expensive way to do it. Just because we have limited housing available as it is, the, the, the most likely way to get housing is, to, is going to be Airbnb if you can't secure a 6 to 12 month uh, lease term. How about medium and long-term um, hotels, like, a, what is it, Stay America or something? Um, we don't have a whole lot of that. The, the hotels here will do longer-term discounts, but we just don't have very many hotels up here that do that long-term thing. So there you go, folks. Got to plan ahead. Absolutely. Now, what two or three things should that out-of-town buyer consider when they're looking to buy? What, what are the things that you will consult with them and help them understand that they should really be considering? So it always starts with their why, right? Why are they moving here, right? Most people that come here love the weather. They love the lifestyle, um, and they, they see what living here really is all about, and they're right. But when, when you put that together with, okay, what's your down payment, how much money do you want to pay? You know, what's, what do you want to pay each month? And then what do you get for that? So that's where we talked about the consulting idea is let's sit down and let's take a look at what the market is and let's get, let's get used to that, right? Because we can't change the market, but we can change our mind. And so what we have to do is kind of get a feel for what our money is going to buy us. And then we have to decide, okay, well, what kind of lifestyle do I want? Do I want to do something where um, I'm not going to have a lot of upkeep and I'm willing to pay an HOA to kind of take care of that? And what does the HOA cover? There's a lot of different types of neighborhoods here, um, and so that's going to be a big part of how we place somebody. And then they, they might say, well, I really want the HOA to cover it. I want to be able to go to the, the local gym. So like if you're looking at Anthem, if, they're, if you're used to a, a community like Anthem, Arizona, where you have an HOA that you pay maybe $200 a month and you can go to the pool, you can go to the gym. Well, really the only place that you have like that is either Continental or one of the gated communities we talked about. But if you really want some land, what comes with that? Well, you're going to have to buy a riding lawnmower or pay somebody regularly to come out and mow your acreage. Just different types of lifestyles. Do you want to have horses? 
Do you want to be in a community where there are horses, but you don't want to have them yourself? Or do you want to have land, but you don't want to be near horses? And so all of those kinds of things kind of play into placing somebody into the right community. And then we have to compete. Uh, Flagstaff is still growing at about 12% a year. Um, that's kind of what our rolling average is, which is still an appreciating market. It's still a seller's market. It's not like Phoenix. Phoenix is about 29% right now, which is still crazy. So we have to kind of take into, okay, how long do I want to wait? And then I go out and try to find you a house that may not even be on the market yet. I did that yesterday. I met with a, another realtor from Berkshire who covers Sedona and here, and it just turns out that he's got a house that's going to be coming on the market um, I've got a buyer, and we're going to write the contract today. That is just great advice, and we're going to leave it right there. Uh, I just love spending time with agents in our network, Berkshire and my extended network across the West, and this is exactly why. We just learned so much about the areas they represent, and today's call is certainly no exception. Uh, Patrick Clark from Flagstaff, Arizona, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your insights about Flagstaff and, and how the business works up there. I just enjoyed catching up with you, and I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Dick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Patrick Clark from Flagstaff, Arizona, and certainly you can tell he's an experienced and very personable professional and he's ready to help you uh, up there at 7,000 feet in Flagstaff. If you'd like a formal introduction to Patrick, please feel free to give me a call. Uh, contact me or your local agent, and we will be happy to hook you up. And, of course, Patrick will be happy to consult with you. And to understand the real value of using a realtor known to me and my colleagues, take a listen to the first episode of, y of Eyes West. It's called the Eyes West Resource. And I make a few points in that talk, and the most important one is the value of relationships when buying or selling or your home. And I think you can understand that a little bit better with this episode with, with Patrick. Relationships are very important. And whenever searching for Eyes West, be sure to enter it as one word. And our Facebook page is called Eyes West Podcast, and you can find all the episodes there or at your favorite podcast provider. To learn a little bit more about me, you can Google me as Dick Crawford Realtor. I'm always available for your real estate needs here in North Orange County, California, and I have trustworthy colleagues throughout California who can help in areas outside my expertise. That's all for today. Thank you so much for joining us again. And until next time, be good, be well, and be safe.